0: hey everybody welcome to a bonus episode of the bucket heads podcast my name is connor lamans and this is an emergency podcast ohio state just lost to nebraska 78 to 70 tonight at the shot um I felt that that deserved some type of separate podcast episode thought all in its own right as I, as well as everybody else that's trying to deal with what the hell we just saw kind of processes this, um, where this puts Ohio State in the standings, how do we think about this team going into the NCAA tournament, of course, what is the response going to be and what are the thoughts going to be from the fan base about Chris Holtman, who has been you know, under fire for a couple, you know, tough losses, you know, against teams that, you know, you expect Ohio State to win. That's what's been odd about the season is they've had a few huge wins um, over Duke and Illinois and teams like that. And they've had a few oddball losses against Maryland and Iowa, who's actually turning out to be a very good team. And now Nebraska, he's been getting a lot of criticism, especially um, on Twitter. And obviously that heat is going to be, it's going to be turned up now after this loss. It looked a lot like the Maryland loss did this past weekend. Ohio State, they jumped out to a lead in the first half, they led for a little bit, they fell behind by just a few points at halftime, and throughout the entire second half of this game, the Buckeyes stayed within you know six or seven points pretty much the whole time. There were a few moments when the lead got up to 10 or 11, but pretty quickly afterwards They would cut it back down to seven or eight points. So it was the whole game they were within striking distance of Nebraska. The problem is they could not get a defensive stop to save their lives. I mean, it was was difficult to watch at times. You know, they would get a bucket. They would cut the lead down to three or four points. You're thinking, all right, Ohio State just needs to string together a couple of defensive stops here. They'll get back on top. They're more talented than Nebraska at both ends. They can win this game. And they will cut the lead to three, and then immediately they give a bucket at the other end. And it would go back to six. And that's just it's just deflating um, both for the team and for the fans in the building. It took the air out of the building. It took the fans out of it. Um, it's just deflating when you think your team's got some momentum. They're cutting that lead down to three or four points. And then bang, you know, Nebraska hits another three-pointer and it's back to seven points. And you're like, man, you know. you you cut four or five minutes of clock uh, of game time off the clock and the deficit drops from nine points to eight points it's you start to realize that you know this team you know 10 minutes for example may not be enough time to come back from an eight point deficit which is kind of crazy to say out loud because you see all the time in college basketball you know a team that's you know only trailing by you know six points with with 55 seconds left or a minute left um, you tune in to watch those games because a six-point lead with a minute left in college basketball it uh you know it can be gone just like that and i apologize if my thoughts are scrambled here i do not have a script i'm not going off of any kind of plan i just got home and i felt a loss of, of this magnitude um deserved its own kind of uh reflection so if you're enjoying the podcast typically it's me and justin golba um, subscribe on Apple Music or Spotify. Um, you can find us under the Land Grant Holy Land feed. You can also follow our podcast on Twitter. It's at LGHL. Justin runs the Twitter account most of the time. I chime in occasionally. But, but I think that Twitter by itself is, is toxic enough as is. So I try not to be logged into two different accounts at the same time and dealing with the, the crap on two different accounts. Um, you can follow me at Lamans underscore connor if you want to do that and justin is at justin underscore golba i believe so this this loss is going to drop ohio state down to fifth place in the big 10 Um, It'll be Wisconsin in first place for right now. They're actually playing Purdue as I talk about this. I'm not watching that game right now. I'm still kind of shell-shocked from Ohio State's loss. Um, Wisconsin is in first, Purdue's in second. Illinois is tied in second with Purdue. And then it was Ohio State, but now they are tied with Iowa at 11-7. And And as you know, Iowa beat the Buckeyes in Columbus, so Iowa has the tiebreaker. They would be the four seed if, if the tournament started today. Ohio State would be the five seed. Michigan State is also playing right now. Actually, they're probably done playing Michigan at this point. So when this episode comes out, that's been long over with. But I was busy, so I didn't get to see um, what happened in the Michigan Michigan State game. Give me one moment here and I can break that news. It's not actually going to be news because this will be out probably tomorrow sometime. Um, let's see here. I believe Michigan was leading while I was at the shot. So let's take a look here. Okay, so Michigan beat Michigan State, which means the Spartans are 10-8. and So they do not, that would have potentially tied them with Ohio State if they had won that game. They don't. So Ohio State stays at the five seed, but tied in record with Iowa. The Hawkeyes have two games left. They go to Michigan, which we know how talented Michigan is. It's just on any given day are the puzzle pieces fitting together for the Wolverines. And they go to Illinois, and we know how talented Illinois is. So Iowa's got two games left, Ohio State's got two games left, Ohio State's at home, Iowa's on the road. Um, My guess is Ohio State's going to have to win both of these games to jump back into that four spot. If they go one and one, my guess is Iowa's probably going to go one and one as well, which means that Ohio State would play Thursday in the Big Ten tournament as the five seed, and then they would play... If they won their first game, they would play Iowa, the fourth seed, on Friday. So that's the implications for the Big Ten bracket, is that Ohio State is now tied with Iowa, and they lose the tiebreaker. So there's a real chance that if they don't win these two games against Michigan State and Michigan at home this week, that they'll be playing on Thursday, which is problematic for me because I just booked a hotel for the tournament, and I only booked Friday and Saturday night because I thought Ohio State – was pretty securely locked into that four spot. I was wrong. I don't know if the defense is gonna, you know, be fixed in time for the tournament. Um, We spoke to Chris Holtman after the game and we'll also be, you know, putting out the whole press conference audio um, sometime during the day on Wednesday as well. And Holtman admitted, he said, there aren't NCAA tournament teams that advance in the tournament playing defense like we play defense which is poorly. They played bad defense. They couldn't string together stops. They have too many individual players on this roster who are defensive liabilities that teams can hunt after for a bucket. And tonight that was put on full display. A big reason why is because they were missing Kyle Young and Zed Key. Obviously, they've been missing Justice Suing for a long time. Some folks will say, just don't even count him anymore. I half agree agree with that because they've gotten used to playing without Justice Suing so you don't ever want to point to a loss this recent and say well if they had Justice Suing he's their second or third best player so if they had had him through this whole stretch Ohio State probably would have won a few of these games that they had lost but Justice Suing is kind of an afterthought he's been out for a while but they're missing Zed Key who rolled his ankle against Maryland and Kyle Young took an elbow to the face tonight about eight minutes into the game we all know that Kyle Young had two concussions last season. Right at the end of the season, he missed the Big Ten, the rest of the Big Ten tournament. I think his concussion was against, it might have been against Purdue. Um, I think it was the game where he was hitting a bunch of threes and he got concussed. He missed the NCAA tournament game against Or Robert's. We know the rest. Um, he took an elbow to the head tonight. He only played about eight minutes. Chris Holtman, after the game, said it was an illness, and that he's continuing to be evaluated. I'm not sure if I buy that. I'm not calling Holtman a liar or anything like that, but I don't know how you're evaluating a guy for an illness for three hours or two hours or whatever. Don't know how you're evaluating a player with an illness for two hours. My assumption is that he took a good hit to the head. He's probably being evaluated for a concussion right now. And with his history, they're gonna have to be careful with him. If he's evaluated, if he's he's diagnosed with a third concussion, I don't know what that means for Kyle Young's future with Ohio State or just future as a basketball player. Um, that was a concern heading into the season. Was should Kyle Young even be playing basketball right now? You know, his brain's been knocked around like loose spaghetti in his head twice in the past. You know, year should he even play and risk it happening again? Um, so hopefully, that's not the case. Hopefully, he truly is just ill with a sickness or an illness of some sort, and it's not a head injury or a neck injury or concussion, but they could have used him tonight. You know, the last few games, he's looked very, very good on offense. He's been very efficient. He's got that little right baby hook. He dribbles in, can take guys back to the basket, get that little baby hook in there for an easy bucket. They could have used him tonight, especially on a night when Zed Key's not there. And because those guys are gone, you know, Holtman is kind of forced to mix and match these lineups he had a lineup in at one point that had Justin Arns and Jimmy Sotos and Cedric Russell in the game at the same time which is three of your probably worst on-ball defenders so Nebraska Bryce McGowan CJ Wilcher those guys were kind of just you know take your pick whoever at the moment we think we have the best matchup on we're going to go after them and we're going to get a bucket more often than not it was Justin Arns Justin Arns got Arns got picked on quite a bit tonight so if they had those other guys, if they had Kyle Young, if they had Zed Key, they probably wouldn't be forced to play some of these lineups. Um, Harrison Hookfin also was checked in. That's how you know they're at rock bottom. Um, he's not a walk on anymore. Technically, he is a scholarship athlete, but he's a, he's basically a walk on. Um, Holtman checked him in with I think 15 minutes to go in the game, just because you know he's no Kyle Young, no Zed Key, uh, Joey Brunk. You know, God bless him. He's not great. He doesn't bring a bunch on either end. Um, So he checked Harrison Hookman in for like four or five minutes. I could look at the box score and see exactly how many minutes. But, I mean, folks, when you're playing your walk-on, he played two minutes. When you're playing your walk-on in a game for two minutes in the middle of a game because you truly have no other options, you know you're in deep shit. So that was kind of like the rock bottom. That's when I think the crowd knew. That's when us over at the media tables knew that, you know, Ohio State was in some trouble. You're down 10 to Nebraska. You got your walk-on guarding Lat Mayan of Nebraska, who was one of their starters. Um, you know, it was tough, and Holtman is willing to take some heat, deservedly so. I think he was dealt kind of a tough hand with this game, with the injuries, with the guys who were not available. But even with all that said, you've still got a National Player of the Year candidate on your team at EJ Liddell. You've got another star on your team in Malachi Branham. You know, you have the two best players on the floor. And in a situation where you now have a double buy in the Big Ten tournament at stake, where your team that's playing seven games in 16 days is running ragged, is exhausted. They don't even practice that much anymore because the teams, the, the guys need a recovery day after a game. And a lot of the time they only have one day between games right now. With that on the line, with the double buy on the line, you could potentially get four days of rest, which they need so desperately. Um, to go flat against the worst team in the Big Ten, one of the worst teams in you know the, of the Power Five conferences, you know it, it's a tough look. And you know he's going to get he's going to get some some heat for it, deservedly so. You know they're two games away from being done with the regular season schedule. And he's sitting up there saying essentially you know we're not connected on defense obviously we're not competing on the defensive end as we should we're not at our peak defensively Um, we need to compete better on defense we need to be more connected and he said that's my fault he said that's on me i have to get these guys ready yeah you've got two games left in the regular season and this is the worst that the defense has looked all season are these last two games so You know it's just inexcusable it can't happen I guess a silver lining if you want to call it that in the Maryland game the guys just looked exhausted they were getting beat to loose balls Maryland was showing a whole lot more effort than Ohio State was Ohio State at times looked like they just didn't care that wasn't the case tonight Ohio State they played hard they went after loose balls they dominated Maryland on the glass let me find the exact number They dominated the glass, 39 to 28 in favor of Ohio State rebounds. Buckeyes had 14 offensive rebounds. Their biggest issue recently has been rebounding. They've been getting just beat up and bullied on the glass. They bullied Nebraska. Nebraska had 28 rebounds. And early in the season, Ohio State's issue was turnovers. They were turning the ball over way too much. They only turned the ball over eight times tonight. And they blocked seven shots. EJ Liddell had six blocks. He had a marvelous game. So all these issues that Ohio State's had throughout the season, you look at the box score tonight and you're like, okay, rebounding, they did fine. Turnovers, they turned it over a little bit. Eight turnovers is manageable though. And a lot of people would say that's, that's a good game if you only turn it over eight times. EJ had a very good game. Malachi Branham didn't have a bad game. He had 16 points on five of 11 shooting. You know, he did foul out at the very end of the game. So how do you lose that game when all your issues that you have been rearing their heads throughout the season, for the most part, you kept in check? It's because defensively, this, this team, they, they can't get a stop. I don't know how else to say it. It's, you know, you're, you're back against the wall. You're down three points. You've got all the momentum on your side. And you're saying, all right, this is the time. They need to get a defensive stop. They, they simply can't do it. And I don't think it's for a lack of effort. I don't think, you know, these guys aren't trying or aren't being coached up properly. I just, I think maybe at this point, personnel wise, they have too many defensive liabilities on this roster. Jimmy Sotos, Justin Arns, Cedric Russell, Joey Brunk off the bench. Um, Eugene Brown typically is an elite defender. He's been getting taken advantage advantage of lately. I truly do think that there are just a few guys on this roster that are defensive liabilities. You're not going to be able to coach up Justin Arns in a week and a half to be a great defender, or, or Jimmy Sotos, or Cedric Russell, or over the course of a whole season, you might see marginal improvement on defense, but you're not going to completely change the player. You're not going to bring Justin Aarons in at the beginning of his senior year as a bad defender and have him leave as a lockdown perimeter defender. They just have a few guys on this roster that I think they are liabilities on defense. And tonight when you have a few of them on the court at the same time trying to generate some offense, you give it right back on the other end. I just don't know if this this roster is constructed to be any good defensively. I think their peak defensively is probably average. Like if everything goes right, guys stay out of foul trouble. Some of those dudes that are defensive liabilities aren't put into positions where they're gonna get exposed, I think at that peak, if everything is checked off, they're average. And if everything doesn't happen the way it needs to, they're bad, defensively. And that's a problem. Because in the NCAA tournament, you're only going to play good teams. Barring, you know, maybe if you get one of these random small schools that wins their conference tournament after having a bad season, which is rare, very rare. For the most part, you're going to play a very good team, and if Ohio State falls behind by 10, 11 points to San Diego State, I saw them in a in a bracket today going against San Diego State, which is the number one defense in the country. We've we've seen them mocked to go against Iona, Rick Patino's, you know Iona team. We've seen them mocked to play against Toledo who looks like they're gonna come out of the MAC, a very explosive Toledo team. If, If Ohio State falls down by, say, 10 points in the second half, I don't know if they have enough defense to string together stops to come back, just like tonight. If they're down 10 points to Toledo with eight minutes left, I know that EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham can score on Toledo pretty much at will they can give Toledo buckets, but can Ohio State, can they defend, for example, at Toledo or San Diego State on the other end? I don't think they can string enough stops together to overcome even an eight or nine point deficit. That's a problem. That's a very big problem. And that's not even thinking about deeper down the road if Ohio State advances to the second round, the Sweet 16, that kind of thing. You know, you, you match up with a team like an Illinois again, like an Alabama that can score, and you have to stop them several times in a row, it's going to be real difficult. So I don't think it's a problem that's going to be fixed before the tournament, which is going to put even more pressure on the offense. And that's kind of my thoughts right now on this Nebraska loss. You know, the, the Big Ten title has been out the window. Understand it's out the window. The double-bind is so important for this team to get some rest before the tournament starts. Especially now, you got Justice Suing, who is allegedly still going to play at some point. Zed Key has a sprained ankle. Kyle Young, who knows what's going on? He got whacked in the head. We still don't know what's going on with Kyle. Seth Pounds is out for the season. These guys need rest. These guys need a few days off to sit and breathe and recover and get in the trainer's room. Getting the double-bind in the Big Ten tournament gives you an extra day for that. So, we shall see. I think that if they go 2-0 in these last two games, they've got a good shot at still, you know, getting the double bye and getting Thursday off. If they lose one of these games, I think it's more likely that, you know, they'll be playing Thursday for the rights to play Iowa on Friday. It's not what you want, but it is what it is. So, that's all I got for this one. It's about 20 minutes. I hope some of these incoherent ramblings or sentences made sense. I'm not trying to be over overly critical of Chris Holtman. I think that the folks who say he needs to be fired after every individual loss, I think that's ludicrous decisions like that are made at the end of a season at, at, at the whole body of work. So to, to suggest that Ohio state's going to fire Chris Holtman on a Wednesday afternoon because he lost in Nebraska, you know, when his team is, you know, probably going to get to 20 wins again. They'll have you know 12 or 13 conference wins, which is very good. To suggest that they're going to fire him in the middle of a week after this kind of loss is comical. So I'm not trying to be overly critical of him, but I think that there are legitimate questions that need to be answered, things that need to be fixed, that should not still be in question this late in the season. That's all. So I hope some of this made sense. Um... I don't know if we'll do this again. Justin and I were were talking about maybe doing like a Twitter spaces after um, maybe Big Ten tournament games or something like that where folks can jump in and have kind of an open discussion back and forth about what's going on about Ohio State. Um, If we do it in the NCAA tournament, maybe we we could even do it after Ohio State's been bounced. Um, I'm sure that they're not going to win a national title, but after Ohio State's been bounced, we could always do that. Um, I just felt like after a, a game like this, we should get something on the books and and kind of talk through what we just saw. So thank you guys for listening again. Subscribe Apple Music, Spotify. It's under the Land Grant Holy Land feed. Um, at Bucketheads LGHL is the Twitter. I'm at Lamans underscore Connor. Uh, it's almost eleven thirty. I'm gonna get to bed. Thanks you guys. Go Bucks.